Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. I want to share just a little bit tonight about some of the fundamentals of prayer. I think the biggest thing that we want is answers to prayer, wouldn't you say? We want to see to it that we get answers to prayer. So, Father, we just thank you for a little bit of insight tonight as we just approach your throne. Give us understanding of what you want and will and desire for all of our lives and help us to better understand how we can cooperate with you to bring about that which you purpose, plan, and will for our lives. Prayer is nothing more than really joining forces together with God to accomplish His purposes in the earth. It's to talk to Him, to communicate with Him, and Him talking to us and giving us His thoughts, His mind, the things that He knows that we don't know. Last I checked, He has a better perspective than I do. He has a better vantage point than I do. What about you? Mm -hmm. That's why He's up there. He's high up. Our Father who art where? In heaven. In heaven. That's a pretty good vantage point, wouldn't you say? So he can look down upon the circle of the earth and he can see what's going on. He's got a good vantage point. So when I think about prayer, though, as I was before coming out here, I was thinking about the last barrier between us and God has been removed. When the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom and it was removed, then the way or the access that we have to the holiest place of all was made open to us. How important is that? Because when we think about the finished work of Christ and his accomplishments, you talk about one of the most important things that he ever did. He removed that barrier. You say, well, how important is that? Well, let me just share with you how important is that. Remember um, Nadab and Abihu? Remember those two? They thought they could just walk in and do their thing there in the presence of God, and they were burned up by fire. Remember that? The way wasn't open yet. That barrier wasn't removed then. Remember um, King Uzziah, who thought he could just go in there and do his thing as well, and he became a leper? Remember that? And he lived with leprosy for the rest of his life? Hmm. The way wasn't open then, was it? And then remember um, David's friend that was staying the Ark of the Covenant when they were trying to bring it back? And what happened to him? He died because of the presence of the Lord that is so holy. God's not a mean God. They just intruded where they didn't belong, right? Trying to take matters into their own hands, so to speak. Well, guess what? That barrier has been removed. It's gone. An invitation has been extended to every single one of us. Come boldly to the throne of grace by the blood of Jesus. The way is paid for us. The blood of Jesus has removed the barrier. We can walk in. We can fellowship. We can talk things over with him. We can get his mind, get his understanding, his perspective from his vantage point. Remember when uh, Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do and he said, our eyes are on you. 
And God gave them direction as to what to do. That's what prayer is about. Fellowshipping just with him. Talking things over with him. To get his mind. So he can give us instructions. So that we know exactly what to do in given situations. I know that we live in the flesh. And we're in this natural world. And sometimes it's difficult to look beyond this natural world. Sometimes I think what we need to do is just take some time to really. Let's say. Um, Discipline ourselves to see ourselves walking into that place of his holiest presence, because that's what Jesus died for, to make a way for all of us to enter in and once again, have fellowship with him and talk things over with him. He himself had a wonderful prayer life. And if you think about that, what did he need to pray about? He was the son of God. Yeah, but he was living in a physical body with finite limitations as he lived in that body. And so what did he do? He daily went to the Father in prayer. He daily got his work orders so that he knew exactly what the Father would have him to do. Being in God's perfect will is the most important place to be. And if we're in that place, it doesn't get better than that, no matter where we're at. But tonight, I just wanted to quickly, there are different kinds of, faith, uh, kinds of prayer that the Bible teaches. Sometimes we just fail to realize that. When it comes to receiving from God for ourselves, it's the prayer of faith that we get before his throne and take a promise that he has promised us and lift it up before his throne and say, Father, this is what you said. Now, I believe I receive whatever it is that you ask for because you've already promised it. And if you promise it, it means it's ours. Jesus paid the price for it. He died for it. Someone might need delivered from some addiction or something like that. You know, sometimes we go through all kinds of gyrations to get somebody delivered. All we have to have them do is just be sincere with God. Walk up to the very throne and just say, you promised. This is what your word says. You told me what I bind will be bound, what I loose will be loosed. So whatever this addiction might be, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm released from that addiction or whatever it might be. That sounds so simple. Well, he made it simple. It's the simplicity of the gospel. The problem is we have a hard time understanding it. It is that simple. If we could just understand it ourselves. Then there's also the prayer of consecration and dedication. If you recall, when Jesus was at the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, and this is hard for us to imagine, but he said, Father, if it's at all possible that this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. At one place he said, if it's your will, let this pass from me. See, consecration and dedication is the only time that you say, if it's your will. I want to surrender to your will. I want to be willing and obedient to do what you want. So I am willing to surrender all to you. But whatever it is that you say, that's what I'm going to do. So Jesus surrendered his life to, his, to the Father, and he put it all out there. I'm surrendering to your will. That's dedication, consecration. And if we're willing and obedient, you know, he said, we'll eat the good of the land. Anybody like eating good? Amen. Then you've got the prayer of agreement where to agree on earth is touching anything they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my father in heaven. So all it takes is two people. And you might think that that is a simple thing, but it's not to get two people to agree. Think about it. We all come from different backgrounds. We have all kind of different thoughts, ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And to get two people to really be on the same page and agree in faith is not always an easy thing for, for people to do. I remember one time uh, someone asked me to, about, about 
their agreement with their spouse for something. And when I got done talking with them, counseling with them, I saw that and it's not good because you can't come into agreement over this. So get somebody else to agree with you. You know what? They changed. All he was to do was just to praise God for an answer. And what she did was agree with somebody else. And you know what? They got a miracle by doing that. You know, that's also called humility, to humble yourself to, to the place that you say, okay, if I'm not there, then I'm not there. We're not gonna, we shouldn't be somewhere that we're not. If I'm not there in faith and I can't agree, well, then do something else or just, like I said, be the one to praise and worship God for the answer. Then there's the prayer of intercession where you take the place of another. You stand in the gap and make up the hedge. You have one hand on God and one hand on the situation of the person, and you make up the hedge. And so, in other words, you're the go-between. You can say, Lord, you can use me as a vessel, as the conduit that you need to get through me to that person. And you know what? It works. It works. How many know what gap stands for? What's it stand for? Gap. No trick question here. God answers prayer. Stand in the gap and make up the hedge because God answers prayer. I won't have to give you the one, but I just got a call from my brother Jose. He says, make sure you tell your people that gap means God answers prayer. I said, Jose, I will do that for you tonight. <laughs> Amen. Then there's corporate prayer, which is why we're here tonight. There's corporate prayer. In Acts chapter 4, where it talked about how after they were threatened, you know, after the healing of the man who was at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, and they were threatened, don't preach or teach in that name any longer. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And they all lifted up their voice to God in one accord, and they prayed this elaborate prayer ending in, so stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders would be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they all spake the word of God with boldness and with great power and great grace resting upon them, gave they witness to the resurrection of Jesus. Now, isn't that a wonderful corporate prayer? Absolutely. And that's what this world needs as far as evangelism is concerned. That kind of move of God manifesting, you know, among us as well. And then also there is the prayer of praise and worship. Praise and worship is a type of prayer also. And you see this in the book of Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were cast into the innermost prison, their feet fast in stocks and arms and not a very comfortable way to be in the innermost prison. You're there with rodents. You're there with all kind of garbage. You're there, you're in a position that's so difficult even to really, you can't even sit right because they got your arms this way, your legs spread out that way, and you're kind of bent and bowed over, bowed over. It's just awful. So what did they do? They prayed. They took their problem to God. That's what prayer is. But then they praised. And when they praised, they brought God into their problem. Oh, my. See, it's one thing to take it to God. But after you take it to him, I will praise you because you heard me. And I know you've become my salvation. Amen. So different types of prayer, you know, that we should use. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 6.18, pray with all manner of prayer. But it's important to understand the distinct difference between these different types of praying. 
Because for, in some cases, you could pray for someone for a long, 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 long time when you understand that what you're doing is you're standing in the gap, you're making up the hedge, you're making it possible for God to get to that person through you, and you're staying in faith. And even though it's difficult, but you stay in that faith for a lengthy period of time until God manifests himself. Amen? Amen. So what I'd like to do tonight, how many of you heard about the shootout in Pittsburgh today? In the Garfield area near Children's Hospital, a police officer was going to uh, hand an eviction notice to a fellow who wasn't paying rent and et cetera, et cetera, and all that. And as he approached the, the house and the door and trying to get a, the attention of the person who was inside, he was met with gunfire. He had to dive out of the way. He dove out of the way and hit his head as he was diving out of the way. But then all of a sudden, the gunfire just continued on for seven hours. People in the neighborhood were told to get in their basements, hide from the gunfire and all that. He was shooting from the first floor, the second floor, and through the walls, just, just shooting out at people. And it's sad, but it ended in, in his death. Now, he was 63 years old, and he didn't want an eviction notice. So he ended up dying over it. And as I was just thinking about that, I'm thinking about the trauma that some of those people probably had gone through. Thinking about the officers that are putting their lives out on the line every day in times like these. And communities that are being affected this way. We need God manifesting himself. That's one thing I can think we can pray about. And then there's Maya, four years old, having seizures in the hospital. She had a shunt put in, which has prevented her skull from growing, and her brain is too big. It's getting bigger, but the skull is not. Almost passed away yesterday. She's on a ventilator. She needs a healing miracle. Four years old. You know, that, does that just get you on the inside? I mean, we don't like the devil. We know, period. But we have to not like him enough to get on our face before God and ask for his divine intervention. And that's what intercessory prayer is, to lift someone up before the throne of God, knowing that we have access to it. 